0: Good morning everybody. It is good to see everyone this morning. Welcome to Lindsay Lane East. Welcome to our friends who are joining us via live stream. Let's all uh, stand to our feet uh, as we prepare our hearts for worship. Um, Just know that there's some heavy hearts that came into this place this morning, um, one of which came in well before anybody else came in this morning. So let's just pray for our church family this morning as we worship together and sing his praises. Here we go.
1: This mountain that's in front of me Will be thrown into the midst of the sea
0: So we were uh, talking during a small group this past week about how how God has set it up to where, excuse me, we need each other, and that we uh, we all share the same the same banner, right? We all serve under Jesus Christ, the same Holy Spirit, and how only God could do that. amazing it is that he could do that, that we can see brothers and sisters around the world who are struggling in ways that we can't even understand. Um, you know, thinking about what's going on in Afghanistan right now, and you know the, the service members who lost their lives, paying the ultimate sacrifice, laying down their lives for people they probably don't even really know in this church body so I know that they're struggling in a different way this week. But, uh, just be in prayer for our brothers and sisters around the world that even though things might not be going our way or their way, uh, we can still be well with their soul. And uh, That song and, and this next one we're about to sing just so lifted up through the ages of believers globally is is so powerful. So let's continue in worship as we as we sing this this ancient hymn. Uh, sing it together with the, the rest of this. Gracious Father, we praise and thank you for Jesus, for who he is and what he's done for us, and that only through him can we be saved. The promise of eternal life. God, as we look forward to to eternity, let us never lose sight of the, the task we have at hand here in this place. Whether it be locally or Nationally or globally, God, that we have a, a call to share this good news with others. God, I pray that each person in this place would take that call as seriously as, as their friends and family did when they shared the gospel with them. That someone would care so much for us, that they would share the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ, and how grateful I am for that. I pray that every person in this place shares that gratitude and brought that gratitude with you, with them this morning and brought to you in worship. Heavenly Fathers, we open your word and study together today this last part of a four-part series on, on discipleship pray that each and every one of us in this place would leave changed. We would be the same. But we would take your call very seriously and we would, we would carry it with us everywhere we go. Outside of these four walls into a lost and dying world. Father, we praise you and thank you for the many blessings you give us. And we just pray this morning over friends and family and complete strangers who have lost loved ones this last week. And I just pray that their families would find comfort in you. They would have a church that they could go to to find rest, find a family. That under one banner, the banner of Jesus Christ, they can be lifted. with them. We can mourn with them, but we can celebrate Jesus. Father, be with us as we open your word this morning. We need your presence in this place. We need to hear from you today, Lord God. We love you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen,
2: amen. Amen. There are a few songs. But I love to sing in church more than "Be Thou My Vision," and the reason why you may think well, that's a that's an old song, Heath. You're a young guy. We like an old song. Uh, "Be Thou My Vision" uh, it goes dates back in German, I think, to the sixth the sixth or eighth century. And I think Patrick Patrick maybe shared some of this, but so whenever we sing, whenever when we just sing "Be Thou My Vision," you were joining with the seventy five people that were here for our first service, but you're also gathering with. Believers around the world today who are gathering to worship, we're lifting up the same name of Jesus. But when we sing that song, the cool thing about it is for 1,500 years, believers have gathered and worshiped God by singing those words. Like there's something about that that just carries such weight with me. And uh, You may love old hymns, but that's an old hymn. I ain't talking about old hymns. I'm talking about old, old hymns. What, 1500 years old? And so, anyway, uh, but good morning, church. It's so good to see you. If you're a guest here with us, man, we're so pumped that you're here. We pray that you feel welcome in this place. And we actually have a gift that we'd love to give you today. Uh, we have it at our Next Steps area, which is in our lobby. Um, if you would, in the back of the seat in front of you is what we call our Connect card. Take that, fill so it out with as much information as you feel comfortable with. You can drop that by Next Steps on your way out, and they'll give you a bag. Um, That has some information about our church and uh, T-shirts for you and your whole family um, that fit you. So, it's good, right? Um, They're not just throwing random sizes. They're giving you a shirt. And so, Lindsay t shirt, nice, high-quality shirts. Um, So, we want to give that to you today just as a thank you for being here. And uh, you can wear it to lunch and tell people about what God showed you today at church. And so, we've been on a journey the last few weeks um, talking about what does it mean to be a disciple. And so, today, we're kind of wrapping up that study, though, really... Through September and October, we're going to be continuing this conversation. It's just going to look differently. Uh, It's going to look different, I mean. But for for this week, we're wrapping up this particular study in which we've, we've asked the question, what is it like to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be his disciple? And we've looked at very definitive statements that Jesus makes. The first week, if you remember from the Gospel of Luke, we saw that to follow Jesus means to become like him. Like you can't be a disciple of Jesus and not be on the path to look like him. Um, and So that was where we began. And then week two, we jumped in the Gospel of John, and that's where we've really stayed since then. Um, and so week two, we saw that to follow Jesus is to obey and to keep his word, to dwell in his word, to meditate on his word. And we're going to continue talking about that today. Week three, to follow Jesus, he said, is to love one another. If you're my disciples, you love one another. And today, to follow Jesus is to, don't say it. Cliffhanger, right? Let it let it marinate for a second. We're gonna get there, okay? Matthew, not Matthew, John chapter 15. Turn there in your Bibles, John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible with you, uh, you can use your phone. We're okay with that. Um, just don't be answered. Don't get caught up in your emails, right? Don't get caught up in text messages, all that. It's an easy distraction, but if you want to use your phone, you're welcome to do that. We'll also have the verses on the screen. I'm gonna read a little bit more verses than I typically do. Even more than I planned to do, um, mainly because there's such good stuff in chapter 15. And I'm going to say a lot of things that may spur some questions that you have. I may not address those questions because I don't want to keep you here all day. Um, but if you have questions about anything else that Jesus says in this text, just send me an email this week and I'll try to do my best to answer it. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a second. So let's, let's pray together. Or let's read the scripture, pray, and then we'll come back and talk. John 15, beginning in verse 1. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. This is a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Let me pray for us before we dive in. Father, we thank you uh, for your, ne- your never-changing word. And uh, God, for the truths that are there. And God, I pray uh, that today as we begin to, uh, to study this, God, I pray that you just give us wisdom. God, give us understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because apart from you, we can't even make sense of this. But God, with you, uh, you can change us through this text today. And so, Father, I pray that you would, as we always pray, God, that you'd teach us to know you today and that you would be with us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So we see the answer to our main question, the cliffhanger that I left you on in the intro. To follow Jesus is to, John fifteen eight says, bear fruit. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Jesus shows us that to follow him is to bear fruit. And again, there's a ton of stuff going on here. My goal today is not to dissect all of that. And honestly, we're not going to have time for a whole, whole lot of application today. My goal today is to show you why these, these verses are important, why verse 8 in particular is important in the scope of everything that the Bible teaches us. And I want to invite you back Wednesday night to be a part of groups. Uh, Right now on Wednesday nights, our groups are actually walking through the sermons on Sunday morning and discussing them deeper. And so we're going to go through a lot of the application this coming Wednesday night of what does it look like to bear fruit for me. But today we're going to kind of uh, kind of look from a bird's eye view, I guess, as we talk about this. But uh, so come back Wednesday night at 630. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Even if you're brand new, we'd love for you to be there. Um, And so as almost always, I got three things for you today because I can't count any higher than that. And y'all ain't going to remember more than that anyway. Let's be honest, right? All right. So let's do three three things today that Jesus has given his disciples. in here. I believe the first thing is Jesus gives them this. For a note taker, take notes. Uh, Jesus is giving them a reminder of previous commands. Now, if we're to take the Gospel of John chronologically, by the time John 15, by the time Jesus speaks these words, he's already spoken John 13 and John 8, right? Yes, okay, just math. That's all we're doing at that point, right? Uh, number order, okay? And so we know that Jesus has already made some important uh, comments about what discipleship looks like. John eight thirty one. we talked about this week too. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. And then in John thirteen thirty five, which was last week, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And these things, Jesus Jesus works back into his message in John 15. He weaves them back in together, and he not only brings them up, he actually ramps them up to something more intense that we're about to talk about, and then he ties them together, and he points them to bearing fruit. There's a lot going on in John 15, and I want you to see this. Jesus was a good teacher, and he he, he was teaching a consistent message here. And so here's John 15, verse 7. This should sound familiar if you were here two weeks ago. Jesus says, If you remain in me, remember that word remain, it's the same word for abide and continue that we saw in John 8 continue, abide, remain, dwell. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, right? And so what did, John, what did Jesus say in John 8, 31? He said, if you continue in my word, if, if you remain in my word. Now, what does Jesus do? He flips it here. He says, and also, my words need to be in you. You don't just need to be in the word. You need to be in the word so much that the word gets in you. And that's cheesy coming off my mouth. Like, that sounds cheesy. Get in the word till the word gets into you. <laughs> sounds cheesy. But it's the truth. That's what Jesus is saying. And Jesus is saying, not only do you need to be in the word, you need to be in me. You don't need to just meditate on the Word. You don't just need to study God's Word. You need to rest in who I am. This is, a, this is an idea that we talk about here a lot at East of union with Christ. That whenever, in, that whenever we are a Christian, when we trusted in Jesus Christ, we're not, in, a, in, a, in some sort of very real spiritual way, we are in Christ. And when we are in Christ, we can find rest, and we can find confidence, and we can find, we can find peace. I pray with a lady today who just lost her husband at midnight last night. But as a believer, she can find rest in Jesus Christ, right? Because we are in him. And if, if we truly are his disciples, his word remains in us and we remain in him. Jesus is helping us see that there is this. And, and 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 Jesus being in us and us in Jesus, like we just breeze over that because we have this knowledge of the Holy Spirit and how he works. Just recognize like how much that would have just blown them away to begin to think about it. You know, John 15, you know where John 15 falls in the in John, right? It falls between 14 and 16. You know what 14 and 16 talk about? What did you say? The promise, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. The promise of the Holy Spirit. And so 14 and 16, that's what it's about. And what's sandwiched between them? remain in me and my words remain in you the holy spirit of god as well dwelling in us christ in a real way in us we take that for granted that idea but that's what that's what jesus is talking about and then he mentions the love command again and he doesn't just if you remember last week remember we looked at john thirteen thirty five, and jesus said as i have loved you so you also ought to love one another but what did we say in john 13 hadn't happened yet he hadn't died yet when we think of how does Jesus love us? How is the way that Jesus is loved, We always think about the death. But we always do because we're on this side of the cross. When we look back at Jesus, that's the first thing we see. We see the resurrection and then we see the cross. But for the disciples, they're living in a time where he's just their teacher at this point. He's not their savior yet. And what had he just taught them? He had just took his outer cloak off, tied a towel around his waist, and knelt down before them and washed their feet like the savior of the world who was about to die the day before John 13 is the day before his death the savior of the world the greatest teacher to ever live knelt down and washed his disciples' feet and after it he said by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another now what was he referencing the washing of the feet but then just moments later he's he's continuing to teach and in John 15 he says in verse 12 this is my command, love one another as I have loved you. And they're thinking, okay, yeah, this the foot washing thing, we get it, Jesus, sacrificial love, sacrificial a service to other people. That's how we love. And then Jesus says this in verse 13, no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Again, he hasn't died yet. But we're hours before, we're less than 24 hours from the death of Jesus at this point. And they probably got to be thinking, man, that's, that's intense, Jesus. Who do we know that's loved like that, right? At this point, his disciples don't know anyone who has loved this way. But within 24 hours, they're going to have a perfect example of what this looks like. And Jesus gives them that. Clearly, John, this statement rang true to John because he wrote it down. He wrote it down in his gospel account the intensity of this statement. So Jesus seems, he takes he takes this, uh, this this idea of the word of Christ, dwelling in the word of Christ, and he takes this love, and notice that he connects them together. And this is in my notes, so I've got to flip back, and, and this is something that God just showed me this morning uh, as I was looking back over. Um, he says in verse, uh, I don't even know where it is. Uh, let's see. one, two, three, four, five, six, ten. six, seven, eight, ten. Ten. Verse 10, he says, if you keep my commands, remember, that's what continuing in his word. We talked about that that idea, continue can be obedience to the word. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So what's he doing? He's taking the first two commands he gave us about wanting to be a disciple. He said, they're actually one and the same. If you're going to continue in my word, you must love one another. And he just just interweaves these two things together. And then he points them. What we see is that he points them to verse 8 which says bear fruit and he's ramping these ideas up and so we're going to talk now about i believe if you can if we continue in his word through obedience and meditation we remain in the word and we look for opportunities to love one another i believe those things those two things will come together and the natural outflow will be bearing fruit so if you're a note taker write it down jesus the second thing he gives them is a responsibility to bear fruit he gives them a reminder of past commands, but he also gives them a responsibility to bear fruit. Jesus says, if my, if, you're, if you're going to be genuine disciples, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. And that fruit comes when we continue in the word and we love one another. But the question is, what does he mean by bear fruit? I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I am, a, uh, I am quite a farmer. And I don't know why y'all laugh at that too, just like the first service did. Um, but you called my bluff cause I'm not, um, but I come from a line of farmers. <laughs> and so I understand like, uh, there's a picture of me with a, a nothing but a diaper on and a passy in my mouth. And it was longer than yesterday. So don't make that joke. It's when I was a little bitty kid and I'm helping my great grandfather pick potatoes in his garden. Right? Like those are my favorite things because you just dig in the ground and there's food there. Like, and I didn't know how it got there. But like it was just the, it was the coolest thing ever. Anyway, um, and if you go around Bethel Road, if you go hang out at Bethel Road, long uh, you start talking about watermelons. My great grandfather will come up uh, because he, to this day, in the Bethel C- Road community, uh, has the largest watermelon. Uh, not to brag, but it was kind of a big deal uh, back in the seventies. And um, that is unrelated to the message, but. Uh, but what I do, we do need to understand that when Jesus is talking about bearing fruit, he definitely is, he, Jesus was a visual teacher, right? Like he, in the first century, everything was very visual, and he wanted to use things that, that made sense to them. And so he, he's talking about bearing fruit, more than likely not thinking about potatoes, more than likely thinking about, uh, about grapevines or things that grow on vines. We're gonna, we saw that in John 15, right? But the question is, to bear fruit, does that just mean simply to make you better? Is that what Jesus is saying? If you continue in my word and you love one another, that you'll be a better person. Right? Will you be a better person? I'll ask that question, yes. Right? Like you continue in the word, remain in him, uh, abide in his word, all those things, and you love one another. A natural outflow is that, that, yeah, you will be a better person, but what we must recognize is that the innate, innate in the idea of living as a disciple is to make other disciples innate in living as a disciple is the idea that others will see you look back to last week's passage john thirteen thirty five. what did jesus say by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another now what's interesting is what jesus didn't say oftentimes we just read what jesus did say and we just breeze over it but what did jesus not say he didn't say by this if you love one another you will prove to god that you are my disciples Right? Because God's not in heaven with his fingers crossed right now going, I don't know, man. I don't know old Ben. I don't know if Ben's truly my disciple. I need to see something, Ben. Like, God knows that Ben is. He knows that Ben is trusted in him. He knows that Ben's walking with him. Right? God's not only Okay, so what did Jesus also not say? He also didn't say, if you love one another, you'll prove to yourself that you're my disciples. Right? And if, if that's why you love others is to try to convince yourself that you're a Christian, you're missing it too. Jesus says the reason why the why it's so important to love one another if you're in my disciple is so that other people will see it. And the idea that he's talking about is not the people you're loving, not the people within the, the, the covenant of faith. He's talking about those outside. So that those outside will see that you love. And so the question is: If Jesus says loving one another, those around you will take notice. What other point? What other point could there be for people around you to see that you are Jesus' disciple, other than for them to become one too? Right? Like you're, it's the main reason why I want people to know I've trusted in Jesus because I want them to find Him too. I don't want people to know I'm a Christian so they don't cuss around me. Right? Like, I don't want people to know I'm a Christian so that they don't invite me out drinking. Like, I don't do that. I want people to know I'm a Christian so that they can know that Jesus too. That's what it's about. And so this is what it means to bear fruit. It means to. there can be no other explanation for this other than reproduction and multiplication. John 15, 6, I believe we see it as well. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you, and listen to this part, I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Now, hold up. What I tell you about that word remain? What do we know about that word? It's six letters, but dude, it's full, isn't it? It is loaded with context of what we've just read in john 13 all the way to john 15 this teaching of jesus when we see the word remain now what we recognize is that this is a this is a loaded word jesus has already said that we are to abide in his word and then we are to abide in him and his words are to abide in us and now he says you are to bear fruit and that fruit should remain Listen, church, part of being a disciple is not just getting in the Word and, and loving Jesus. It's helping other people get there too. It's helping other people find Jesus and, and abide in His Word and remain. I believe this is the idea that's driving Jesus' great commission. In Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Make disciples. That's what Jesus said. And what he, he has, he no doubt has this in his mind. Because you see, church, discipleship is not you growing you. Like that's, gonna, that's going to happen, yes. But discipleship is not fully discipleship until you are growing others. You've got to be growing others. Here at East, we define discipleship very simply. If you want a complicated definition of discipleship, you can find a church that complicates the fire out of it. Here at East, always say this is what discipleship is, I believe, from the scriptures helping other people take next steps towards Jesus. That's it. That's it. Helping other people take next steps towards jesus can that be a one-on-one weekly discipleship over coffee with bible study and accountability and a bible reading plan and text messages every day and yes but can it also be a game of golf once a month yes can it be the children in your home yes can it be the neighbor that you invite over every once in a while for for a cookout at your house yes the key is those things with intentionality. If there's no intentionality, don't expect discipleship to be there. But when we'll do those things, helping other people take next steps towards Jesus, if we'll do that, that's what we've been called to. And so I got a question that we're going to come back to at the end, but let me go and ask it now. Who are you investing in? Who is it that's closer to Jesus today than they were a month ago or a year ago because of your investment. Church, we cannot continue to make excuses in this area. I know we're not all called to be preachers or small group leaders, but we are all called to invest in the lives of others with the intentionality of helping them look like Jesus. I hear a lot Man, I just I came into church empty today and I need the Lord to fill me up. And I want to say, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I've had weeks like that where I needed, I needed to be with you. I needed to be encouraged by you. I needed to sing with you. I needed to open up God's Word with you. But as I've told you before, this sermon ain't for you. If this sermon ends with you, You're not doing what God's called you to do. This sermon is so that the reason we do, uh, the reason that Patrick leads in worship every week, the reason I stand up here and yell about God's word for 40 minutes or sometimes longer, uh, the reason we do those, the reason we have uh, kids ministry, youth ministry, women's ministry, women's ministry, uh, groups on Wednesday nights, the reason we do all of this stuff is not so that you can be a better person. It's so that you will bear fruit and make disciples. And that they will bear fruit. My fear is that for me, as a believer, I live as a grape my whole life. And I never become a branch. Remember the analogy we're going to talk about here in a second. Grapes just grow. They get bigger and more more full. And then what happens to them? (laughs) They turn into raisins. And nobody likes them. Unless you mix them with peanuts and something else and trail mix, then we can tolerate it. The point of the text is not to remain a grape, but to become a branch on which other grapes can grow. Let's dive into it. Uh, well we got to get somewhere else first. Sorry. Um, so here's what's cool. The reason I love, go back to the very, very beginning of my message. The reason I love uh, Be That My Vision is that it wasn't written yesterday. There are some awesome songs that have been written in the last year. But a lot of those songs, a hundred years from now, will not be sung. You know that, right? A lot of these songs that we're singing now, that are they're, they're going to die off. Just like you open up an old hymn book. That's not all the hymns that have been written, right? <laughs> Hundreds and thousands of hymns didn't stand the test of time. Be thou my, be thou my vision. Fifteen hundred years. 1500 years the church has continued to say this is a song that honors our savior its longevity right its longevity is what brings importance to its message importance to its message now let's look at this teaching from jesus jesus said be fruitful be make make fruit right so Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, okay? So let's take the idea that this, this teaching is 2,000 years old. That's a pretty long time. But what if this teaching went back thousands of years before that? Would that make it more heavy in your mind? What if this teaching of Jesus to, to bear fruit actually goes back to the very beginning? Would that, stand, would that mean maybe we should take note of it a little bit more? <laughs> I think so. But you got to remember as we talk, uh, let's look at this. Point number three, you note takers. Uh, what Jesus is also teaching is a restoration of God's original intent for mankind. We look at this idea of bearing fruit, which we've got to remember is what we talked about last week. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. And by the first century, there is a very clear definition of God's word. There are scrolls. Of all, all the people in your Old Testament Bible, that was the Bible. That were the Hebrew Scriptures. And Jesus would have known them backwards and forwards, as we'd say on Bethel Road, where we grow big watermelon. That Jesus would have known those things. And what you may not also read about rabbis, what rabbis did, oftentimes their teaching, all it was was pointing back what we call hyperlinks here at East. If you're new, that's a term you'll hear me say a lot, hyperlinks, things that point back to something else. And so when uh, Jewish rabbis, when they would teach, almost always they're teaching something that may sound new to to that rabbi's disciples, but all they're doing is pointing back to the Old Testament. And most often they're actually pointing back to the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis, Acts, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, what they call the Torah, and even more particularly, they're almost always pointing back to Genesis. And even more particularly than that, nearly every theme of Jesus and his disciples can be traced back to the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. A lot of scholars have called the first 11 chapters, some they throw in 12, some of them just say the first three. But either way, the first part of Genesis, they call it the seedbed through which the rest of the Bible grows. Every theme, every image, every idea that these awesome teachers are, and prophets and, and apostles are playing on find their root first at the beginning of Genesis. And I believe when Jesus says bear fruit, he ain't talking about something new. Jesus is pointing back. Where, where's the first thing? Where's the first time we see man and fruit? In the garden. Right? But that's the bad way. Let's go back even further. Because you think about Genesis three. Let's not talk about that. Bad fruit. Let's talk about Genesis one twenty eight. Right after God makes man and woman, it says God bless them. And God said to them, What? Be fruitful. Okay. We're dealing with two different languages here, Hebrew and then Greek, and I'm being translated into English. What's what's the idea? Bear fruit. It's the same thing. Bear fruit, multiply, fill the earth. Now, there's two of them. So what's you, without being super crass, kids in the room, what are we talking about? Making babies at this point, right? Okay, there's only man and woman, so we got to make babies first, okay? We see that continue with Noah. Noah gets off the ark, it's him and his sons and their wives. God says, Genesis 9-1. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. What are we talking about? Right now we're talking about making babies. Let's keep looking though. Genesis 35, 11. God said, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, indeed, an assembly of nations will come from you. And kings will descend from you. Now hold up. Nations will come from you. Now we're getting into an idea. In this day when When Jesus is talking to the sons of Abraham here he's saying, "Be fruitful and multiply a nation indeed an assembly of nations will come from you we're not just talking about making babies at this point. what you got to recognize is when you read the old testament God's plan for God's people was not just to just to procreate and make image bearers of Jesus or of God. Their plan was always to reach the nations with the glory of God that's why our our mission here as a church is the glory of god in us our neighbors and the nations because that was what the the call of israel was that's all goes back to genesis 12 with the call of abraham the call on god's people has always been to not just make babies but to include those who is jesus's great 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 grandmother who lived in jericho who was outside the family of god rahab how did she get to be jesus's great 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 grandbaby grandmama Because she was brought into the family. She was she was fruit that wasn't born of the family, she was brought into the family. And so this idea of bearing fruit through the Old Testament is not just about making babies. It's clear. And then we get to Exodus 1, 7. The Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous. What we know about the Israelites by Exodus 1 is that they were not by themselves. At this point, they have slaves, they have servants, they have friends, they have neighbors, they have people that are actually outside the faith, but they're all considered Israelites here. Over and over again, God calls his people to be fruitful and multiply. And it is I believe you cannot deny the fact that when Jesus comes on the scene and is teaching in John 15, he most definitely has that image in mind when he speaks to his disciples. And how cool is it that when Jesus calls his disciples and I believe in turn calls us to bear fruit or to multiply by making disciples that he's not giving us a new task. He's not giving us a task that goes back 2,000 years. Y'all, he's going back to the very beginning The original intent of man. God created man in his image. To bear his image to the world. Jesus is continuing to encourage and empower us and his disciples to do the very thing that God asked of mankind from the beginning. But, just as the sin of Adam and Eve and every human being since has affected their desire to bear fruit and multiply... So our sin affects our desire. So the question that was on my mind this week as I was studying is, how can Christ ask his disciples to do something that literally all of mankind has messed up? Right? Like, it's awesome that it's this really old task, but it's this really old task that nobody can do. How many crackers is it you're supposed to be able to make, that you can't eat in a minute? You know what I'm talking about? six okay so and there was a season okay if you don't know there are these challenges that wind up on tiktok but um, there are these challenges that wind up on social media stuff and they're impossible and you can't do them but guess what people try to do they try to do it and guess what they can't do they can't it they can't do it right well imagine if for Thousands and thousands of years from the very creation of the world, mankind had been trying to eat six crackers in a minute. And nobody had ever done it. Would you try it? Some of you would. (laughs) Because you're hard-headed. I would go, nah, dude. Nah. There's dudes a lot bigger mouth and a lot more hydrated than me with their mouths. I had a parotid gland removed, so my mouth stays drier than most of us, Okay. So I, I've, I've, I can't do this. There's no way I would try. But, but it's because of this long history of failure that I don't try it. So why would Christ, how can we get excited about making disciples and bearing fruit when we know that humanity throughout history has butchered it? it should make us feel discouraged and a little bit overwhelmed. And that's exactly where we need to be because the focus of John 15 is not on the branch It's not on the fruit, it's not on the branch that grows the fruit. The focus goes back further. Where does John 15 begin? It says that the Father, my Father is the gardener. God, our Father, is the gardener who is pruning. And it says that when fruit occurs, he actually prunes that branch so that more fruit can can grow. And then Jesus says, and I am the what? Vine. Thank you. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Jesus is the vine on which the branches, who's us, grow. And here's what I know: I don't know a lot about farming, but I know the branch doesn't do anything to grow grapes. Like it doesn't squeeze them out. It doesn't try really hard, and like get really like it doesn't. That's not how it works. The branch simply gets the nutrients. From the vine, and the grapes appear. At the end of the day, the branch doesn't get the the glory. (laughs) The vine does. The branch doesn't get patted on the back. The vine does. Therefore, what we need to recognize is that the fruit that God wants us to bear, He will do. He's going to do it. It's all Him. Jesus is the source of all fruit. We are His fruit, and then we produce more fruit. My, gran- my grandmother had a grapevine in her backyard. I used to love to get those little grapes off there. So good. But here's what I know about those. I could have broke a branch off of that vine, stuck it in the ground, and it would die. Even if there was good, a good cluster of grapes on there, give it a week, it's going to die. If I keep it connected to the vine... It's going to continue to produce. The same is true for us. It's why Jesus can say in 15.5, you can do nothing without me. Fruit can only occur with the help of Christ working in us. And this is an old idea too. Genesis 17.6, God said to Abraham, I will make you extremely fruitful. John or Genesis 26.24, I am the God of your father Abraham. I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring. Genesis 48, I will make you fruitful and numerous. Leviticus 26, I will turn to you, make you fruitful and multiply. Deuteronomy 7, 13, uh, God will love you, bless you and multiply you. Do you see this? God has called you to reproduce. He's called you to bear fruit. But but the, the catch is he's going to do it through you. We simply choose to be obedient. We simply choose to do the the thing, right? Remain in His Word. Love one another. What's going to (laughs) happen? A grape. Fruit's going to happen. Fruit will occur when you and I choose because this is the way God has set it up. But what that also means is that if you've ever been blessed by a sermon that I've preached from this goofy-looking table, I don't get credit for that. Christ does. If your children are following Jesus because of your investment, you don't get credit for that. Great job. But Christ did it. If a neighbor you have follows Jesus because of your investment or someone is closer to Jesus, one step closer because of your investment, awesome. Way to be faithful. Christ gets all the credit. That's why it said, my father is glorified in this. Church today, I've got to ask the question. Who are you investing in? Who are you investing in? You will bear fruit and prove to be my disciples. The watching world stands waiting for us to make sense of the crazy world we live in. You and I have the answer. And my prayer is that if you have to think, back, if you have to spend more than just a few seconds thinking about who you're investing in, then I would argue you're not doing it intentionally. And if you're like me at certain times in my life, and you're pointing back years into the past—that's something you really did that was really awesome. You really helped someone, you really invested in someone, and it's years ago. That's not good either, right? What is the fruit that's on your branch now? And if that convicts you and you go, ah, I hate this message, that's okay. There's a thing called conviction and the response to it is repentance and faithfulness to God. Today, God wants to help you grow fruit. He wants to do that in you and he will do it if you choose to be obedient. We would love to help you figure out what it looks like to bear fruit and how you can invest in others lives it's literally why I'm here to equip you to do this so today we're going to sing this last song and however you need to respond we always open this altar here for you to come and pray to bring your needs or the needs of others to this altar and pray Uh, we'll have counselors available by the back door if you just need to wrestle with something there's some decision counselors back there that um, would love to help you just process through some things I'll be up front uh, for at least half the song or the first part of the song just to help you but here's what I know. Um, if you're not yet, you got before you can become a branch, you got to become a grape. you got to be fruit before you can bear fruit. And today, if you've never trusted in Jesus, the Bible gives us a clear plan for that, to repent of our sins and trust in Jesus Christ. We would love to talk with you about that as well. I'll be up front to answer those questions for you. And we we'll have decision counselors by the back door as well. I'm gonna, am gonna begin to pray, and after I pray and say Amen, let's all stand together, and you can respond however God leads you to do. Okay, Father, we thank you, God, um, that Your Word is true, and God that You have given us, uh, You've given us a, a word that, um, God, You want to change us. You want to use us to impact this world, and God, uh, if, if if Your glory is going to go to the nations, uh, it's going to happen through Your people. And God this, this call to bear fruit goes all the way back to the, to the very beginning and God I pray that God if every church around here just drops the ball on this that Lindsay Lane East doesn't. God may we not uh, lose sight of what it looks like to invest in other people. God I pray that for however long you give us here on this earth and in this local body, God that the kingdom of, kingdom of God is bigger and more faithful because of this family that you've put together. God, I pray that you be with us during this time. God, help us to, uh, to be obedient, to, to take the steps that we need to, the next steps, uh, to look like you, look more like Jesus today. And, and we pray all these things, and we ask you to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You stand and respond however God leads you.
1: So um. i
3: stay standing i'm going to be quick this wednesday this wednesday come to groups you qualified you've heard the sermon we're going to recap that thing in every class we have uh, so come and listen and talk put your input in we'll all be better for it um next sunday is team gear sunday steve is in here so it's uh it's uh is steve in here he's back there. He's back there. oh there he is so he's a miami fan so he's either going to wear it proud or not, so everybody else can wear your stuff uh, next Sunday. Uh, we're going to give away prize to the best dress. If they win, it's going to be Steve. If it's not, it'll be somebody else. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, but next Sunday, wear your team gear. That's uh, next Sunday. And then don't forget, October the 3rd is our Give to Go Sunday. Uh, it'll support our missions all year round, so be, pray- be praying about that and also be preparing your wallet for it. Uh, it's October the 3rd. It's coming. It'll be here quicker than we know. Uh, and then last but not least, still tithing here. We have a bucket by the back door. Still online options, text-to-give options, and there's still a mailbox uh, that we can take mail in. So you're welcome to mail it in. Have a great week. Stay dry, because uh, the rain's coming. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again for today, God. Thank you for the word uh, that we've heard, God. Thank you for the worship. Uh, be with us as a church, God, as we reach out to people, God, from sick to surgery. We just we just pray we can minister, uh, God. We pray for the weather, the people that are going to be impacted, God, and I pray for Wednesday night. Uh, our groups, God, that we make a difference. So be with us as we leave, God. I pray we don't leave the same. In your name I pray, amen.